Welcome to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks very much for joining us. Little note before we get started with the show, next Thursday, April 25th from 6 to 8 at Whiskey 6 in Gross Point, we're going to host a Smart Politics Happy Hour. Nancy Derringer from Deadline Detroit and Sandra Swoboda of Great Lakes Now are going to join me as we talk to you about the things that matter the most to you. What are the issues that you are thinking about? And we're going to take your concerns up with us to the Mackinac Policy Conference at the end of May to put them to elected officials and policymakers. So mark your calendar April 25th at Whiskey 6 from 6 to 8. Come out, have a drink, have a talk, and uh, tell us what's on your mind these days. A little later in the show, we are going to talk about the announcement yesterday when they announced the Pulitzer Prizes for 2019 that Aretha Franklin is getting a special citation from the Pulitzer Board. She is the first woman to receive the special citation for music. Uh, Of course, she just died and is starting to rack up some of the sort of early posthumous recognitions. This one is a big one, though, and uh, Gary Graff, a longtime music critic here in the city of Detroit, is going to join us to talk about that. But up first, they are talking about closing schools in Gross Point, one of the state's wealthiest districts, but one that, like many others, is experiencing a long-term decline in enrollment. School closures are always very tough. They surface a community's deep-seated emotions about a range of issues. And in Gross Point, which is a border community with Detroit, school closures also raise important questions about the relationships between rich and poor and black and white and city and suburb. We want to talk today about this issue from a single community perspective there in Gross Point and also a wider view here in southeast Michigan. We're going to start, though, with the superintendent of Gross Point Schools, Gary Niehaus. What choice do school officials have when they face these kinds of problems? Gary Niehaus, welcome to Detroit Today. Uh, good to be on with you this morning. So let's talk about uh, w- what's going on there in Gross Point. How long has enrollment been declining, and at what point did it become obvious that this was not just a cyclical thing, that it's long-term, and that school closures might be the way to deal with it? We've been losing approximately 100 students over the last 15 years. And you're right, whenever you got 14 schools in a district and you're losing 100 a year, there's no one school impacted very much. And so um, when we passed our referendum in November, um, prior to that in June, our Board of Education put in a board policy that had triggers in it that said if we hit these triggers, we would uh, develop or bring a, a plan of action to the Board of Education within 30 days. So after we passed our referendum, we got uh, kind of our official November fall count uh, back. We were down 218 students versus 110 that we had projected. And so what we did at the point in that point in time is we then prepared um, a plan. Actually, there were seven options in the plan. It was a wide variety of uh, options. And we presented that to the Board of Education. And then what we did with uh, those seven plans is we reformed uh, the Blue Ribbon Facilities Committee, and we've worked with them to try to narrow uh, those options down. And next Monday, actually tonight, we meet again with the Blue Ribbon Committee one more time, and then next Monday we will present uh, a plan, 
Uh, it may have options in it, uh, but we'll uh, present a plan to the Board of Education. And then after we're done with the Board of Education presentation, we'll go out and do town hall meetings in each of the buildings in the district. And then uh, our Board of Education will uh, make a decision in June, uh, either the first or second meeting in June, uh, of of this spring. Yeah. So, so as I said in the open, <clears throat> it's never easy to close schools. It raises all kinds of really deep-seated emotional reactions from people in the community. Uh, talk about how you're navigating that. Gross Point is, of course, five different communities. You share a school district, uh, but I would imagine that uh, there may be some intermunicipal issues in terms of where closures take place. Uh, of course, uh, nobody wants to see their school, their local school, close. Right. Uh, talk about the feedback that you're getting. Well, I have to correct you because uh, this is something I correct people on all the time. We mm -hmm. actually have six communities here. Uh, that's right. Uh, because Harper Woods because Harper does Woods into our part. school district, and that's we do right. appreciate and want those uh, kids in our district, and those have been our boundaries for a long time. But you're right. When we went to the Blue Ribbon Committee, um, we had um, uh, probably 95% of the Blue Ribbon Committee and uh, believed that we had a declining enrollment. Most of our, I think, our community understands now that we have declining enrollment. And then the second piece to it was very simple, that yes, we need to close either an elementary or a middle school. And you're right, not my school, but you can do somebody else's school. And I think the one other thing, though, uh, that's really important and one of the things we really talk a lot about is anytime we close a school in north or uh, south end of our district, it impacts all the boundaries within that, that uh, quadrant. Hmm. And people don't really always understand that. So I can say, I've just saved my school and everything's okay. And then when they realize that the boundary's been changed and all of a sudden they're no longer in the school that they thought they just saved, and so I think the emotionality and getting down to uh, kind of a single plan will help settle some people um, because when we started this, we started this as wide as you can possibly go. And people were, I mean, we had everything under, under the sun in those seven options. What's neat about what's happened so far is of those seven options, none of those options are uh, active any longer because we've used pieces and parts of different ones and we're going to get to a, an option that combines uh, the best of all of those that we presented initially. Uh, I want to ask you about the choice to close schools rather than maybe open them up to more school of choice students from other districts. Of course, that's a pretty controversial issue out there in, in Gross Point. Uh, talk about how you weigh those kinds of options and whether you think maybe you're missing an opportunity here to kind of push back against the really provincial way in which we think of schools here in the state of Michigan. Uh, all of the different school districts we have, all of the borders that we have created between us. Uh, doesn't Gross Point have a chance here to say something important about the, 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 the chance to change that uh, by maybe opening up these schools instead of closing them? I think the one thing I would say back to you is, is that I don't know why we in Gross Point think it's okay for us to further decimate our neighbors. Uh, Detroit Public Schools is on a comeback. Why are we going to go into East Point or into Harper Woods or into St. Clair Shores? 
and supposedly rob some of the best students that they have available to them. I don't think that's the right thing to do. I don't think that's how we should be. And so, therefore, we should grin and, and be proud of the fact we, we took students from other districts in order to fill our, our schools or our pockets. And I just don't think it's the right thing to do. Uh, I, our board has voted, I think, since I've been here at least twice a year on voting no to the school of, of choice. But I think that, again, it, it, it's, it's really kind of <clears throat> what's fair and what's right when we talk about southeast Michigan. And, again, I think we can cannibalize one another and not really gain anything out of the process. So, so I think that's a, a really interesting and important point. And you may find some administrators, in, in particular in Detroit, who would echo that given the hard work that they're doing to – to build this school system back up. Uh, at the same time, I think uh, there's kind of a bigger a bigger view we might take of all of this. That that one of the big problems we have in the state is the number, the sheer number of school districts, and the way in which those districts are drawn to sort of enhance. Uh, uh, differences in class, differences in race, and there may be no better example of that, in fact, than this Gross Point School District that borders Detroit. I guess, I guess, I'm wondering if there was any thought at all about the opportunity to change the conversation here about one district versus another, and think more about well, would things be better off if we were all sort of sharing sort of common interests? Uh, with our school districts. And I know that Gross Point could not do that alone, but it seems as though this would have been a step in that direction uh, if you'd chosen that. Well, I think one of the things that, that would be um, a step in the right direction is there's opportunities for us to partner with Detroit Public Schools or St. Clair or East Point or, or Harper Woods. I mean, there's opportunities for us to, to, to band together and be together um, the same goes with regard to having a fifth year of high school. Uh, I've been looking for a community college or a, a university or a college to pair with us to do fifth year. I mean, in your fifth year, again, it would be another opportunity for, for students to be able to, to come uh, and to, to that type of an environment. Um, we've also looked at, um, and the board has not agreed to it um, by a long shot, but we've also looked at tuition. I mean, We've got private schools in our area right now that charge a fairly hefty uh, tuition. Mm -hmm. uh, we could come in and charge tuition and have students come across the borders with tuition, and that's been uh, that's been a non-starter with our board as well. So I think I think the point that you're making is yes, we are looking at uh, ways to uh, enhance um, and bring people into our community. I guess I just don't uh, agree that. To go school of choice is uh, an option that I think we ought to be looking at right now with, with just the turnaround that we're starting to see uh, in Detroit and what we know is going on in other areas of our southeastern Michigan. Mm -hmm. uh, before I let you go, uh, I, I also want to ask about uh, uh, the, the sort of long-term prospects here. Uh, lots of other districts, of course, have faced uh, enrollment declines, and some have managed better than others to to eliminate infrastructure costs uh, along with that decline, as opposed to waiting until you've got you know virtually empty schools, uh, but to, to to try to sort of close them um, 
quickly. I, I wonder what you make of that long-term prospect in, in Gross Point and whether you think this has any effect at all on the reputation of, uh, of your schools. I mean, Gross Point uh, is a district that for a long time has enjoyed uh, a lot of success and is uh, thought of as a very strong public school system. Does this enrollment decline uh, bump up against uh, the, the, the fear that you might not be able to maintain that? Uh, to, about three answers to that. First and foremost, um, we're, we're, we've got the same students, we've got the same parents, we've got the same teachers. We just have less of them. And the point of it is the quality of education in Gross Point is something that nobody's going to jeopardize at this point. Uh, we, we've got to maintain and keep our excellence, and we've got to stay as one of the top five school districts in the state of Michigan. That, that is something that is at the back of everybody's mind. It's the number one priority of this Blue Ribbon Committee when we talk through that. Secondly, we're filling back our district um, for us, a district size of about 7,000 to 7,200 students. On top of that, we have an 80%. Uh, that's filling us at 80%. So we have a 20% uh, ability to be able to, to go back in a different direction or go back uh, and gain students back. And I think that's one of the things that you also know is um, selling, selling school buildings or public uh, buildings is not anything like selling a house or selling a business. Sure, uh, It's going to take a lot of time to get through a city council, a planning commission, town hall meetings, uh, board meetings council meetings in order for all that to go. So I hope that we we don't shudder uh, anything that we move out of. I think we will probably do that over time if needed. Uh, but we've also looked into to repurpose. I mean, if there were a community college that wanted to come in and start up uh, a site, or if we had a daycare center, or we had an early childhood center, or uh, we had, uh, we've got Full Circle here in town that has special needs students that's needing space, um, all of those things are uh, possibilities that uh, we, we would want to keep open if there was something that could be repurposed in those buildings. Okay, Gary Niehaus, Gross Point Schools Superintendent. Thanks very much for being here with us. All right, thank you today. for the conversation this morning. Sure. Okay, I want to welcome two other people to the studio now to continue the conversation about what's going on in Gross Point Schools. Greg Bowens is founder and past president of the Gross Point Harper Woods NAACP. He is a political and communications consultant here in Metro Detroit. Greg, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. Also with us is Erin Einhorn. She's the editor of Chalkbeat Detroit. Erin, welcome back to Detroit Today. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So, Greg, I'm going to start with you. You're uh, a parent uh, in the Gross Point School District. Uh, tell, tell me how this news sort of falls on your ears about the idea that uh, declining enrollment might lead to school closures. Uh, is this something people there were sort of aware of and expecting, or is this a surprise? Well, it's something that people have been talking about for the last several years. Uh, every time the issue came up, and I sat on the, the first Blue Ribbon Committee for, uh, re, not repurposing, but for the bond issue. And there was a lot of heavy discussion about that because you look at birth rates and then the number of people who are moving in versus the number of housing that's available and stuff like that. And you see that we were really impacted by the low birth rate and the amount of housing that's available. And so those uh, those hard discussions that were being had about the, the bond issue 
were complicated by, you know, the lens of race in terms of, you know, okay, so we have a lot of black and brown kids that are coming, that live in the points and live in Harper Woods. Mm -hmm. And so the schools that are closer to that border, um, like Gross Point North, which looks like a new school, but you, when you look at it and you walk through the building, you saw that stuff was falling down and stuff was rotted and this and that and the other. And so just even in making the choice or trying to make recommendations on which schools would be repaired, um, uh, you had that complication. And so now you talk about uh, actually having to close or repurpose schools and things of that nature. And the discussion gets even more complicated and, and, and more heated based on race and class. Because people think that Gross Point is just like, you know, everybody's like super rich, but it's simply not true. You have people who live in flats, uh, lots of renters. And, you know, of course, you know, you have people who live in those nice houses along St. Clair Shores. Mm -hmm. I mean, along the lake there. Mm -hmm. And so uh, um, people that that do that, that make that move, you know, there's they, a lot of them are struggling to make it. You know what I mean? Sure. And so they move into Gross Point with the thought that, OK. Maybe I have to sacrifice getting a bigger house someplace else, but I can but have I'm getting the opportunity. this school district, right? Yeah, where where it's a public school, and so there's nothing magical about Gross Point. There's nothing magical about West Bloomfield. You know, the fact of the matter is, is that the magic that does happen happens in terms of community. And so you're a kid, you're able to walk to school. You remember what that was like, being able to walk to school with people on your block, in your neighborhood, and you form those kinds of friendships. And then you go from first grade, kindergarten, all the way through <laughs> high school. And you've got that kind of sense of community going on. Along the way, however, you have people who choose not to send their kids to Gross Point schools. They'll send them to your alma mater, UAD. Mm -hmm. They'll send them to Mercy. They'll send them to Gross Point Academy. They will, if their kid like-minded, I sent my daughter to a, um, an art school, you know, for a year uh, in middle school. And so there's already competition that's happening in Gross Point for kids. It's just that we're on the losing end of that because there's no way for those kids from other places to come to a specialized program or a magnet program yeah. in Gross Point. You know, what's interesting listening to you talk is I think a lot of people are looking at this issue, this story, and saying there's a, there's an issue between Gross Point and uh, other communities like Detroit right. uh, or East Point or, or, or whoever is, is sort of around them in terms of race and class in the schools. What you're talking about is internally in the Gross Points and mm -hmm. in Harper Woods, which is part of that district, that you've got just as much of that kind of tension going on. Oh, I think that you do. And it's real easy, particularly when you look at the, the trolls online, you know, folks online making their comments about not lowering the quality of education by opening the district up. And people automatically think of a Detroit, you know, and use that as a proxy for black. But the... the but part of the truth of that is also that there are kids in St. Clair Shores. And many times when folks get divorced and one parent moves to St. Clair Shores and another parent is in Gross Point and you've got this fighting going on now over which district should that kid be in and parents sneaking to have their kids stay in the Gross Point district, mm -hmm. even though the mother may live someplace else. And so you have you have those kind of dynamics going on. And I think that one of the important things that we need to do is really start to be able to talk about this issue, you know, uh, beyond the racial lens. You know, the old city versus suburb argument 
that we see when it comes to education, when it comes to busing, when it comes to all this stuff uh, is just that 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 model of a conversation doesn't work because it doesn't recognize that black and brown people have migrated to the eastern suburbs like they have to the western suburbs. And so when we had the bus issue going on, you know, it was the big bad white people in Macomb County who didn't want to have, you know, new bus lanes there. But at the same time, you got poor people in Macomb County, you got black and brown folks in Macomb County who are having serious transportation issues. Yet SEMTA and the coalition didn't appeal to those people. They weren't part of the equation. And so I think that, you know, you're, you're, you're right, Stephen, I was listening. We do have a unique opportunity, I think, with this public education piece to be able to have a larger discussion that can push change around the state. You know, when the former governor, uh, what was his name? Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> You've forgotten him already. I know, right? <laughs> Had tried to come up with incentives to allow for communities to consolidate. Right. And man, people were losing their minds over, you know, over trying to do that. We got five gross points, five mayors, five police departments, five city councils. You know, there was there, there could have been a great opportunity to consolidate into a bigger district. Yeah. But when it comes to education, people don't want to do that. No, they don't want to do that. When it comes to education, the idea that you could have consolidated districts really just like people lost their mind as if they were giving up money right out of their bank account. <laughs> and they're not looking at when a guy's when a parent when parents send a kid to UAD. That money's not coming to the to the district either. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take a quick break here, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation about Gross Point Schools. We'll hear from Aaron Einhorn, who's the editor of Chalkbeat Detroit, and we want to hear from you as well. Are you a parent out in Gross Point who is concerned about this idea of closing schools? Are you a parent in one of the surrounding communities who's Worried that Gross Point is not taking advantage of the opportunity to push this wider conversation about how we might educate more of our kids together instead of very separate districts with hard borders. 313-577-1019, as always, is the number on the phone. Stay with us. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. You're listening to Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. My guests are Greg Bowens. He's the founder and past president of the Gross Point Harper Wards NAACP, a political and communications consultant here in Southeast Michigan. Also with us is Erin Einhorn. She's the editor of Chalkbeat Detroit. We're talking about the news out in Gross Point that they may close schools as a way of uh, Uh, dealing with declining enrollment in those communities, long-term declining enrollment. Uh, There are lots of questions about which schools you close, which parts of the community you affect, but there are also bigger questions about how we draw borders um, uh, between ourselves here in Southeast Michigan, how we decide what district uh, kids are going to go to school in and who's going to pay for those schools. Is Gross Point missing an opportunity to invite a larger conversation about those borders and those issues? Or is it doing the right thing in sort of preparing for less population, less kids in classrooms? As always, we want to hear from you as well. The number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. 
or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Tell us what you think about Gross Point schools. Uh, are you someone who uh, has school-aged children in Gross Point? What do you think about this? If you're not in Gross Point, but you've seen schools close in the city where you live, how did that affect your community? How did it impact your quality of education for your kids? And how do you think we ought to be thinking about these things in Metro Detroit? Should we be thinking differently than we have in the past about the borders that we draw between ourselves uh, and the way that we educate our kids? As always, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Before we get to callers, uh, Aaron Einhorn, I want to hear what you think about this issue and sort of how it fits into the larger narrative of school districts dealing with Declining resources, declining enrollment, uh, all the change that uh, that forces these kinds of decisions. I mean, there's nothing new about what's happening in Gross Point. We know this. Lots of school districts in the area have gone through this in recent years. There's been consolidations in Bloomfield Hills. There's been consolidations in Farmington Hills. The population is down. you got to consolidate. Most of the districts in the area have responded to enrollment declines with opening their borders with schools of choice. Uh, But as the superintendent pointed out in your earlier conversation, there's real problems with that, not just for the districts that those kids are coming from, but also for the districts that the kids are coming in. Because in fact, you know, different kids come in, different, you know, and and, and sort of the, the social dynamic shifts in the school. And and every so, and what's, what 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 we've seen with the way school of choice has worked in recent years is that what happens when a school district that's say on, on the border with Detroit opens its borders up and brings in kids from another district is that the kids from that district tend to leave, and a lot of that does kind of does play out in in a racial way, right? You see. You know, as as kids who aren't white come into a district, the kids who live in that district and are white tend to leave and go someplace whiter. It's kind of this educational white flight that we've seen. And it's really destabilizing. Mm. And the other issue is that they don't necessarily stay. So actually, a, a, a pretty important report came out from uh, some Wayne State University professors yesterday that looked at the kids, at the 26,000 kids who are leaving Detroit every day to attend school in the suburbs, um, some through schools of choice, some are attending charter schools in the suburbs. Half of them were in a city school last year, and and then and they might just, they may well be back in a city school next year. And so you're not. It's not like oh, I'm going to go find a better school and I'm going to be happy there and I'm going to thrive there. It's this. It's this process of searching, finding a better school, and that has huge implications for schools, both because. The teachers don't have stability in the classroom. Mm. It's not like you're going to progress. You know, you have a certain curriculum in your school and you go from first grade to second grade to third because now the kids, you got different kids in second grade than you have in third. But you also have this really difficult challenge for administrators in that they are they actually can't predict how many kids they're going to have. I mean, there's this detail in this gross point situation where they were expecting um, they were expecting to lose 100 kids this year, and they lost what, two or 300 kids. And so suddenly, it's a new school year, and you're like, oh, how, you know, and, 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 and the schools are all, the bulk of our funding is per pupil. Yeah. And if you have less kids, you're going to have less money, and that's going to mean tough choices. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris on Twitter says, has the Gross Point District considered rezoning? 
I own a property on the east side of Harper Woods, but am zoned within the Harper Woods district. That's somebody, I think, who's trying to figure out whether, again, can you expand the borders of what you consider the Gross Point School District to fill some of those seats with people who would gladly send their kids uh, to Gross Point schools. Tobias on Twitter says, a big issue in Gross Point is a logjam of available housing for new families to move into. Empty nesters are reluctant to move out of a home to downsize because their tax rate will increase. There was talk years ago about allowing the tax rate to fall if you follow if you move. Uh, again, one of the one of the other kinds of things that that uh, that people think about. Uh, Greg, you know, I I always wonder when when we were talking with Gary Niehaus, he was talking about what the school board was saying about schools of choice, shying from that. Uh, consistently resisting it and he says that's in part at least out of respect for Detroit and and the kids uh, who go to school there and the, the 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 system that is trying to to do better by them but I wonder what you think parents in Gross Point believe about this school choice issue are mm-hmm. they really against the idea of kids from Detroit kids from Harper Woods uh, or East Point coming into their district, would you see a, a strong pushback, for instance, if that board said, we are going to try to expand our borders as a way of of uh, keeping keeping kids, uh, keeping schools open? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, some many times the, the, the loudest voices are sometimes the smallest population. They scream the loudest, and we see that a lot. Lots of fire, lots of lots of sound and fury, but no like real, you know, push. And I suspect some of that is the case here. If presented with the with the idea that this will be a band-aid, close the school, re- repurpose the school, it's not gonna stop, you know, the decline of a hundred kids every year. At mm-hmm. some point you're gonna get to another another breaking point, right? And you're gonna have to do some things that are different. And so faced with the idea of destroying the district. Uh, uh, because of this decline or uh, or expanding the district and maybe creating a magnet school like a Cass Tech. There are kids that are in Gross Point that go to Cass, you know, <laughs> because of the opportunities that that school presents. Mm-hmm. Harper Woods is growing. They put their uh, elementary school, they took it out of the junior high school, they got their own building now, and they've gotten more kids than they've had in, you know, probably five years, maybe a decade. And the number of kids in the high school have grown. And so, you know, there the I, I can completely respect the idea of not poaching, but I, I also would like to encourage Mr. Niehaus to really push for the collaboration piece that's not happening. You know, there are you get kicked out of Gross Point schools, there's no school for you to go to. you got to go somewhere. But there should be an opportunity for what we know in Detroit and other places for alternative schools, you know, that kids can go to. And those kinds of schools can service kids from all over the place. And uh, But yet there hasn't been enough of a push from the community to allow for that to happen. And maybe one of these repurposed schools could be that so that they can not only keep kids that have gotten booted, but also get kids from who have been booted from other districts, you know, an opportunity. And that would push up some numbers. Aaron, you're the expert, you know, on that kind of thing. I'm sure it's just. I mean, are are, are districts thinking that way, starting to think that way? Aaron? I haven't heard a lot of it. I mean, I think everybody's pretty I think a lot of districts are kind of in survival mode. You know, you see how much money do I have coming in? 
what are my expenses and 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 I think I think Stephen you were you were talking earlier about you know would consolidations work would things like that work and and I think what we have right now is a culture where districts only look outside of their own immediate concerns when they're looking to poach kids from other places. So there's this culture, and, and not just districts, also charter schools, right? We have more seats than kids, Yes. Mm-hmm. period. We have more seats than kids. And until we solve that, everybody's going to be on the hunt for kids, and we're going to be pitting schools against schools against schools. Yeah. And I have I can't even begin to comprehend the political process that would need to take place mm. in order for us all to get on the same page. Or the and, cultural process, right? Right. right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's 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 enormous. But I mean, how does that conversation start? Yeah. How do we? How you know? How, how yeah? How how does that conversation even begin to happen so that we can stop this culture of pitting schools against each other and figure out how do we serve the needs of kids? Yeah. Oh, okay, uh, Greg Bowens, founder and past president of the Gross Point Harper Woods NAACP political and communications consultant here. Thanks for being here on Detroit Today. Always great to catch up with you. Also great to catch up with you, Aaron Einhorn, editor of Chalkbeat Detroit. Up next, we're going to talk about the ripple effects of the immigration debate in Washington right here in Detroit. Also, don't forget, if you have to miss any of today's show, you don't have to miss out on the conversation. Go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. Download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen when you are ready. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. Detroit Today.